<laughs> of the show. Give it up for the very funny Johnny Aaron! Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to a very special, a very, very special episode of the Views from the John podcast, episode number 44. And as something different, rather than sitting in my stuffy studio inside the house, it's a gorgeous day out here in the greater Boston area. So why not do the podcast just through my iPhone, no no studios, outside here on my deck in my backyard. Uh, beautiful early August summer day out. The humidity's low. It's about 80 degrees. Sitting under my Samuel Adams Boston Lager. Uh, umbrella here on the deck doing a simple podcast using just the uh, some beats some beats by Dr. Dre and uh, the iPhone here in front of me so let's go hopefully you like the different setting it's definitely different for me and it's a whole hell of a lot easier so welcome and cheers red solo cups they just go hand in hand with uh, summertime don't they mmm so how are you? Welcome to episode 44. Again, I'm John Ares, or as some like to affectionately refer to me as, as Johnny Bananas. I don't know, sorry. I keep hitting the table, which keeps rocking the camera. But for those of you who aren't watching the video, you don't give a shit. Uh, anyway, Johnny Bananas, Johnny Rotten, Johnny Watt. There's a lot of Johnnies. Angry Johnny, Johnny Come Lately, you name it. Johnny on the spot, but I like Johnny Bananas. Why? Because I like bananas. No, it's because I am bananas. I'm crazy. You may have heard this theory before, but uh, most stand-up comics, if I can call myself a stand-up comic, we aren't completely sane, right? You have to have a little bit of uh, socially accepted insanity to you to want to go up on a stage in front of five people and make a complete ass out of yourself for the first five years of your career, right? So anyways, uh, welcome to episode 44 for the 15th time in my backyard. I am John Erez for the 15th time. Uh, okay, so what has happened since we last spoke? We had a pretty exciting event around here, something I've never experienced. Uh, we had, well, Rather than just dropping the punchline, let me let me actually build and set up the story. So today is uh, what Thursday. This was uh, Sunday night, four days ago. It was probably about seven seven fifteen, and uh, I believe I was watching Netflix. And uh, all of a sudden, the emergency broadcast system broke through onto Netflix. I uh, did, didn't even know it could do that. Uh, and it wasn't a test of the emergency broadcast system. It was literally a government-issued emergency broadcast. And what did it say? It said that there is a tornado on the ground heading for my house. And uh, we don't live in the middle, uh, the mid, uh, I want to call it the Middle East. No, the Midwest the plains of uh, United States where they get a lot of huge tornadoes, like mile wide ones that will like wipe out towns. We don't get those here in the uh, Northeast United States. If we get a tornado, it's very rare, it's very weak, it's very short lived. 
So occasionally we'll have a tornado watch or occasionally one might touch down every couple years in some random New England town, but we don't get them hardcore up here. So this wasn't even forecasted either. So I'm just like half asleep on the couch watching Netflix and then all of a sudden horns and sirens across the TV. Tornado warning. Not a watch, like a warning. It's on the ground, it's heading for my house. And then uh, two seconds later, I get uh, not a weather channel alert on my phone or like one of those weather alerts that a rain storm's coming or whatever. This was a government issued, like a federal government issued uh, warning. No joke, there's a tornado physically on the ground. Everybody get in your basements. So I immediately turn on the news and uh, of course the local news is tracking this and they're like, yeah, this isn't a joke. Um, in case you guys don't know what a tornado warning is, uh, a tornado warning can be issued, I want to say, one of three ways. Meaning that uh, the Doppler radar 10,000.5, whatever they call it, right, can get the government to, tri to trigger a tornado warning if the Doppler radar 8007 indicates that there's rotation inside of a uh, supercell thunderstorm, which this did. And then um, that's a radar indicated tornado, meaning the radar, the radar is indicating there's a tornado. And then there is a uh, radar indicated, uh, I don't know, the radar can indicate a possible tornado, which will set off a warning because they don't have eyes on it. And then the radar can indicate for sure, yes, there's absolutely a tornado. And then the third way is actually to have people you know, stand in there going, yeah, I'm literally looking at it. There is a tornado. It's not just radar saying it. it. So all of the above happened. The radar indicated that there could be one, and then it said, nope, there is one. And then people on the ground said, yes, there is a physical tornado on the ground, okay? So here I am watching the news. I'm 42 years old. I hate to admit that. But uh, never in my life have we had the emergency broadcast system breakthrough with government and federal alerts telling us that there's a tornado on the ground and it's not just gonna head through my county. It's like literally heading for my neighborhood. And uh, I don't get nervous about stuff or about weather. If a tornado is gonna come down my neighborhood, man, there's nothing I can do to stop it other than, or to, there's nothing I can do to stop it. I can only get to safety, right? But panicking and freaking out and oh, what good is that going to do? So I'm just like, all right. So uh, even though everybody at the time of the warning, like everybody got into their basements, of course, I'm a tough guy. No, but uh, I stayed watching the news because uh, um, I did want to be, among other things, a meteorologist when I was a little kid. So I know more about the weather than the average person. Um, and, uh, I love thunderstorms. Uh, I love snowstorms except for shoveling them and living through them and everything else. But I do like a good snowstorm. I do like, th uh, thunder and lightning. I'm big into photography, taking a lot of lightning photographs, some of which you can see on my, uh, Instagram page. Uh, but anyways, so this kind of stuff doesn't make me nervous, but I've never lived through an actual tornado warning and uh, never lived through a tornado warning that was actually potentially heading like literally for my house. They were showing a uh, expected trajectory on the map of where this tornado was gonna go. And if it stayed on its track, it was literally gonna track through my neighborhood. So I waited as long as I could 
because uh, I really didn't want to go to my basement. And here's why. Uh, another phenomenon that's crazy is it, it, there's some places in the United States and possibly other parts of the world where homes aren't built uh, with a basement. Uh, my home here in the Northeast and every home I've lived in, uh, except for living in South Carolina and Florida, uh, we all have basements up here, but down there they don't. Uh, and up here, it's pretty common in the Northeast uh, for houses to have furnished basements. So it's like having a second floor to your house. It's just subterranean. It's a it's it's a basement. It's below the ground level, but it still has you know drywall and recessed lighting and rooms and doors and walls. You know, uh, that's how a lot of the basements uh, around here are. They're furnished. They're like another level of a floor. In this particular house I live in, uh, it looks like Freddy Krueger's uh, basement. You know, the boiler room, you know, spiders, cockroaches, rats, uh, you know, witches and demons. It's not a place you really want to hang out. It's where you go to do laundry and it's where you go to throw your uh, Christmas decorations uh, until next year. It's not a place you want to hang out. So while other people went down to their uh, basement and laid down on their, you know, couch because it's a, another floor, you know, this basement's not too comfortable. So I had to go hang out in Freddy Krueger's uh layer for about 20 minutes but yeah that was uh pretty exciting uh and there were some people around here that i know that uh literally flipped out and had panic and anxiety attacks uh you know because people see tornadoes on the news that go through kansas and they're like a mile wide and then we have a tornado warning and in their head they're thinking that's what's going to happen and i just know that uh up here in the northeast tornadoes can be deadly they can be destructive but they're extremely rare they're short-lived and they don't get very strong so i knew even if the uh you know thing hit the house chances are i was going to survive the house was going to survive so i didn't panic but i did go in the basement just to be safe and um anyways long story short by the time the tornado uh in the in the thunderstorm even got to the edge of my city it had like disappeared off radar it had popped up that quick and it went away that quick but yeah uh multiple thousands and thousands upon, uh, of people all had to head to their basements for a tornado being on the ground in an area of the country where we don't get tornadoes really so that was pretty wild but my biggest concern with the tornado wasn't uh you know having my house hit it was literally losing power and then having my beer go cold or my yeah God, what a great punchline that was, and I screwed it up, huh? What a fucking comic I am. Now, the scariest part of the tornado was potentially losing power, so my beer got warm. Okay? That was the punchline. But thankfully, we're still here. And then uh, a couple days ago, that hurricane uh, that went up the East Coast came through our area. And uh, all I got to say about that is it was windy. Windy. Yeah, it was windy. Some branches came down, some trees came down, some people lost power. Uh, it was just windy. And uh, today it's, oh, today feels like a mid-September Northeast day. Very, very low humidity, just over 80 degrees. It's perfect. Oh, this is what, this is what the weather has to feel like in LA year round. If you could just get over uh, the traffic and the people. All right, what's our next completely random, probably uninteresting and boring topic to you people? You people are so hard to please. Or maybe I just suck that bad and don't realize it. 
or maybe I do realize it, but still continue to do this, which is even and more insane. And for anybody who is watching this on YouTube, I'm, I apologize. My big knees keep hitting the table, which keeps shaking the camera. I didn't think this out too well, all right? So go easy on me. Let me ask you a question. Are there unregistered nurses? Think about it for a minute. When somebody says they're a nurse, they just don't say they're a nurse, right? It's usually they say, um, yeah, I'm a registered nurse, right? And I'm, I was just thinking to myself randomly last night, are there un or non-registered nurses? I would think that all nurses to be practicing would need to be licensed and registered and have some kind of uh, education. But yeah, RN literally stands for registered nurse. And it just made me think, is there anyone out there that isn't registered? Have you ever heard of an unregistered nurse? You know, are you a nurse, sir? Why, yes, I am. You registered? Uh, no. A licensed chiropractor. Next time you see a like an advertisement for a chiropractor, see if they have licensed in there. I guarantee they do. Why put that in there? I would expect if you're a chiropractor or you're a physical therapist or a doctor that you're going to be, or an Uber driver, that you're going to be licensed to do that. That just, I, I would think that would be a prerequisite. So why do we have to put that, uh, you know, you're a registered chiropractor? It's a good thing, man. It's a good thing he said he was registered because I almost went to an unregistered chiropractor. Um, true story. And this is something I don't like to admit to people because it's self-deprecating. But I'm all about deprecating all over myself, right? But I was a consultant. Okay, I was a consultant on one movie. And then I was almost a consultant on another movie, okay? And you might think to yourself, man, that's really cool to be a consultant for a movie. Well, yeah, it is. But if when you hear why I was consulted to be consultants on this movie, then you'll understand why I don't make it, uh, you know, a big deal out of it, okay? But I was literally a consultant for the movie How to Be Single. And the producers hired me because they looked at me and they said, dude, I think I was like 38 at the time. They're like, you're a 38 year old dude and you're decent looking. You got money, you're successful, you're educated, you're funny. You got positive energy and a vibe about you. How the hell are you single? And I'm like, exactly. And the name of the movie was How to Be Single. So they literally lifted that from my life. I, I repel women like a fucking skeeter pellet, dude. Uh, so yeah, I was a consultant. But as you can see, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, I was a cons consultant for Iron Man because they wanted to know uh, how to be Tony Stark or some shit, you know? I'm the guy that gets consultant when consulted when they want to find a loser who seems to have all this privilege and looks and all this other shit, but yet somehow can't get women. Interesting, huh? Uh, and here's the one that's even more embarrassing. I was almost, but not quite, I was almost hired as a consultant for the uh, Kate Hudson movie. Uh, who was it? It was Kate Hudson and uh, 
who's that guy that's always driving the Lincoln and uh, he's the guy that likes to get stoned and sit in his yard and play the bongos naked. Matthew McConaughey, right? Matthew McConaughey and uh, uh, the other actor I've already forgotten about, Kate Hudson. They were in a movie called How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And uh, they needed a consultant for the movie. They needed a repulsive guy uh, that has no luck with women that could teach them how to, uh, you know, consult with the movie and how to, uh, you know, make a woman leave you in 10 days. And as it turns out, I was overqualified. They needed a guy to consult on that movie that could make a woman sick of them in about 10 days. But I was so good at what I do that, you know, women wouldn't even get into a relationship with me, let alone stick around or get me to leave in 10 days. They wouldn't even come to me. You see what I'm saying? So I was so good at it that I couldn't possibly consult on it. Because I can't even get a chick to, uh, you know, hang around for 10 days. Never mind, get do something or uh, give them the information on what to do to get the guy to leave after 10 days. You know? So there is such thing as being overqualified for a job. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? I don't know if you... Literally all my notes about little shit I wanted to talk about since last week are actually on the uh, device that's recording me. So I can't use it for that. So I had to chicken scratch out some random topics that came up and, you know, whatever. So now I'm trying to read my own doctor handwriting as I try to get comfortable in this awful, uncomfortable chair while not hitting the table so the camera doesn't shake. Um, all right. Uh, I grew up in the 80s, in the 90s, and uh, back then, when everything was more difficult and we had to walk 10 miles both ways uphill to school, uh, everything was harder. Everything was harder. Uh, back then I had hair, and uh, so I needed to use shampoo. So, so yeah, back in the eighties, when you wanted to go just take a shower and you wanted to, and you had hair, like I used to, uh, there was a bar of soap that you would wash with and wash your face with. And then you had shampoo, which would wash your hair. And then you had a bottle of conditioner, which would make your hair softer and smell real pretty, right? For the ladies. So you had to use and buy three different products. And then as time, uh, has gone on and we've gotten smarter and we need everything to be quicker and more efficient now it's like an all-in-one product uh, you can buy a body wash that's designed to wash your body and to wash your face and it will also act as a shampoo and a conditioner so you don't need to have all the separate products you can have one bottle in your shower that'll literally do it all and then here's what I'm thinking. Just like with this um, this tidal wave of uh, political correction that's going on with canceling all this crazy stuff that nobody asked for. Um, let's apply that same kind of illogical response to something more productive. Like uh, the same way we thought outside of the box to combine the shampoo, conditioner, and soap into one. Let's take it a step further, actually several steps further. We do more than just shampoo and wash our hair 
and uh, soap up our body in the bathroom, don't we? We have to shave, so we need some shaving cream. Uh, you gotta brush your teeth. You should probably be using some kind of mouthwash, right? So why don't we just get, so instead of buying 10 different products, I'm talking about developing one product that would act as a shampoo, conditioner, face wash, body wash, toothpaste, shaving cream, and mouthwash, all in one. And there you go. I just gave you guys a million dollar idea. So somebody go out there, make that product. I'll endorse it for you on the podcast. You give me a little bit of a cut, but there you go. I have all these great friggin' ideas, but I, you know, I don't know how to market that kind of stuff. I don't know how to go into a lab and, you know, I mean, other than to literally take like, uh, you know, my Crest toothpaste and my scope and uh, my Gillette shaving cream and, you know, putting it all into one bottle and then shaking it up. Uh, you know, I don't know how to come up with a prototype for that. But if you do, there's, there it is. There it is. One product. It's like the bathroom buddy. You know, it's just a squeeze bottle of anything that you need. Shampoo, toothbrush, whatever. It's just one, one bottle. All right. All right. Here's where we go off the rails. Not me. But this story couldn't be more perfect. The irony, the karma, the hypocrisy, it's just, it's too perfect, but it's real. And I want you guys to listen to this for a second. You might have even already heard about this, but in case you have it, or even if you have, I want you to really try to close your eyes, even if you're driving. No, I'm just kidding. But really, listen to what I'm about to say and just try to process this for a minute, okay? There is and was a, a gentleman who lives in Illinois that had a defund the police sign in his front yard, which was stolen. And then he calls the police to report it stolen. Does it get any more perfect than that? You basically have a sign in your yard saying, like giving the middle finger to the police department. And then when somebody comes along and steals it, you call the exact people for help that you're looking to get rid of. It couldn't be more perfect. If any of you are pushing for a police free uh, world or society, we've You've already had your test tube. It was called Chaz and Chop. Look what happened for two weeks why Chaz and Chop had that complete area of Seattle to themselves. They basically carved out a little piece of America for themselves and named it Chaz or Chop to the autonomous zone where no police were allowed, no government was allowed, no nothing was allowed. And then look what happened over that two-week span. They couldn't feed themselves. They couldn't clothe themselves. They couldn't police themselves. There was still rape. There was still murder. There was still violence within that group against each other. Nothing changed. You think we're going to have a utopian society if all police officers disappear? Really? I want someone to try to explain to me how... <laughs> You know, 
how any of us would just be able to sit in our backyards right now feeling safe. If there was no police right now, somebody could literally come charging around that corner with a gun, shoot me in the face, take my wallet, camera, and car keys, and nobody would ever know. Who would we call? The Ghostbusters? A social worker? Who are you going to call when somebody kidnaps your child? A social worker? Social media? Honest to God, dude, it's so wild to me. I, I can't stop talking about it or making fun of it. And if you want to think that I'm racist or not sensitive because I'm laughing at people that are trying to literally eradicate police, it's the eighth wonder of the world to me. Do I think there are some messed up police officers out there that should be checked? Absolutely. I'll be the first to admit that. That's one of my pet peeves. I cannot, and I know people like this, and they exist. There are police officers out there on their night off that'll go out, get intoxicated, and drive home over the legal limit. And then that next morning, they'll wake up, put their outfit on, and then they'll arrest you for doing the exact same thing that they did last night. But it's okay for them to do it because they have a badge. There's hypocrisies like that with police. That's the kind of shit that needs to be cut out. But taking away all the police because of uh, Chauvin? Nah, the majority of police officers, man, are just like you and me. As much as you want to hate them, they're regular people with families and hobbies. They just choose to do an extremely tough job. Put yourself in their shoes, man. Black Lives Matters. Yeah, they do. Any of these Black Lives Matter people talking to uh, the people of color that are actually police officers. There's a lot of them. A lot of them. I, I, sorry, I wasn't supposed to talk about this, but it literally is so like funny and just out of the world to me. I don't get it. I'm sensitive to it, okay? I get it. There are people out there that are bad police that need to be checked. And uh, of course, black people's lives matter. And uh, I do believe that there needs to be some kind of police reform when it comes to uh, certain communities and police departments. They just seem to constantly butt heads. There's a problem, but the problem is an open, calm dialogue and then reform. It ain't violence and it ain't just eradicating the whole thing. There's a, you know, I mean, seriously, what would you do if you had a bushel of apples and uh, there was like a hundred apples in this bushel and there were three apples that were bad. Would you just take the whole bushel and throw it out? Or would you just deal with the three rotten apples and then keep the other 97 that were good? It's irrational. And when something is so irrational on a level like this, how can it not make somebody like me who thinks with just logic and common sense not really go like, what is going on here? It doesn't make sense. All right, anyways. So yes, an Illinois man had a abolish and defund the police sign in his front yard but yet he calls the police and expects them to investigate it and uh you know find the culprit and return his sign to him that's basically giving a middle finger to the people that but the police went and did it they went and tracked down his missing fu sign to the police and gave it back to him so that's just it 
Who are you going to call when somebody steals your defund the police sign, when there's no more police? Answer me that. Uh, all right, let's move on. You know what? Let's, 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 let's dive in for a minute. Let's dive in for just a minute. The idea, okay, of a political yard sign. You see them everywhere. Some of them say Trump. Some of them say Biden. Some of them say Amy for America. Some of them say Bernie. Some of them say uh, Pete Buttigieg, right? Um, some of them say Black Lives Matter. Some of them says uh, defund the police. And some of them says license uh, chiropractor, right? But honest to God, has anybody ever in the history of the world driven down somebody's street and then seen a Trump sign in their front yard and then been like, that just made me want to vote for Trump? because I saw a Trump sign in your front yard. Nobody cares. What is the phenomena with this? Like, I'm really curious about this. Um, I mean, I think I know who I'm voting for and it's none of your fucking business. Uh, but even if I didn't, okay? Let's say I was gonna be voting for uh, uh, Kanye West, whether Kanye Rust runs or not, I'm going to vote for Kanye West, okay? I'm not, but let's just say I am. Or maybe I will. Who knows? It's none of your business, by the way. But anyways, let's say I'm going to vote for Kanye West. I wouldn't put a Kanye... Or Okay, let's say I... I okay, let's say I really was going to vote Kanye West, or I was going to vote Biden or Trump, and I was in love with them. Just pick your candidate, and let's say I was just so in love with them. I still wouldn't put their sign in my front yard. Why? Because I'm a logical dude. I know that me putting a sign about who my favorite political candidate is, isn't going to change anybody's mind that drives by the street. So then you got to ask yourself, who are you doing that for? Nobody cares who you're voting for. Nobody cares who I'm voting for. My political sign in my front yard, nobody cares about. Nobody cares about your political sign in your front yard. It's not going to change anyone's mind. So my question is, why do you put it there? To show support for that person? Do you think Biden's going to drive down your street and see his sign and be like, thank you, ma'am. Thanks for support. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I really try to play devil's advocate and try to argue the situation both ways. And there's plenty of people that have American flags um, hanging in their front yard. And I don't think anybody drives by their house and says, ooh, now that makes me love America because they have an American flag. I guess it's just an expression, right? It's like, who am I wearing this Boston Red Sox hat for? So maybe I just answered my own question. Um, I don't know. I guess we do it because it makes us feel better. Like, I know no one's going to see my Red Sox hat and be like, oh, man, he's wearing a Red Sox hat. Now I like the Red Sox, but I still wear it. Why do I wear it? Because I like the Red Sox and I like the hat. And uh, I guess that's why people put uh, Trump or Biden signs in their yard, because they like Trump or Biden. And uh, that's what makes them happy. So, uh, yeah, I guess I answered my own question, but I still think it's silly. I still think it's silly. You know, because putting a sign up in your yard isn't going to change anyone's mind and nobody really cares who you're voting for. And uh, 
you know, if you got a Trump sign up in your front yard, there's a lot of people out there that hate Trump, you might be asking for trouble. You know, if you got a Biden sign or a defund the police sign, there's plenty of people that don't like Biden. And there's plenty of people, even though a lot of people aren't saying it, that don't support getting rid of the police. So, uh, you know, who are you going to call when somebody steals your uh, political sign? Right? I don't know. I don't know. So many things just don't make sense to me. All right, I want to talk about one last thing. Uh, and this is a God's honest true story. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to uh I'm going to end with that story. Uh really quick. Woodchucks. Anybody know what a woodchuck is? Uh occasionally I have a woodchuck in my backyard here. Probably not in here now. Uh I don't know if it's a woodchuck. They all look the same to me. I don't know if it's a duck-billed platypus or if it's a uh uh, a groundhog uh, or a beaver they all look the same they're like a they're like a big cat or something like that right but I don't know if it's a nursery rhyme or what they call it but that uh, that saying that tongue twister that how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood why are we asking how much wood a woodchuck woodchuck if they could chuck wood when that's all woodchucks do is chuck wood that's why they're called woodchucks like they don't take a piece of wood and chuck it with their hands they got these big teeth and they like grind wood they chuck wood that's why they're called woodchucks so why are we teaching children these tongue twisters that talk about how much wood would they chuck if they could chuck wood when that's actually all they do like that's their specific uh reason for living is the chuck wood it's like asking how many home runs would mike trout hit if mike trout could hit home runs well of course mike trout can hit home runs that's what he does it's ridiculous and my favorite dog in the world is about to come see me this is the dog people that changed the game you've probably heard awful awful stories about how evil and how um how many kids uh, pit bulls eat and stuff. Look at this guy, Argo, Argo. Say hi for the camera. Look at this guy. This guy is full-blooded pit bull. Full-blooded pit bull. And I know they've been given some bad raps for eating some kids or whatever, but this dog is as gentle and as well-behaved um, as like a golden retriever or a black lab amazing dog can uh can these dogs be vicious yes but why is this dog one of the most chill or probably the most chill full-blooded um uh meanest dogs on the planet why is he so cool you know why parenting the way he was raised he was raised by two loving experienced people that paid attention to him and uh, loved him and it comes out in his personality he's the most loving pit bull ever look at this guy he's so freaking cute look at argo what's up buddy look at that he loves when i pet him loves it the big bad pit bull i'm telling you man
and it's and that's a perfect example it's a perfect perfect example for you know how important it is to be a good parent because uh you know if you're not a good parent or uh, uh there's uh i had a discussion last night with somebody about parenting and uh uh whew, there's there could be some certain people listening to, so yeah anyways uh there's somebody I know that's being raised by somebody that probably should have never been given a child and uh, the kid's in trouble. Let's just say that. Uh, so um, it's, it just underlines the importance of being a good parent and how good of a parent you are is going to dictate how good of a child, uh, how well your child turns out. And a prime example is having a pit bull, one of the most dangerous uh, breeds on the planet. And this dog is literally more lovable than any uh, black lab or uh, you know golden retriever I ever met. Why? Is he, is this because he's an exception to the rule? No, it's because he was raised by two experienced loving dog owners that know what they're doing. So you can, so that just prove, that just, that uh, it's not an exception to the rule. It's proof that uh, that certain things are BS, okay? Um, but yeah, we were just talking about woodchucks. Um, real quick, real quick, because I think uh, I have some visitors that might come back here in a few minutes and then this podcast is going to get interrupted. But uh, think about this. I remember the first time I heard about Scientology. You know how I, you know how Scientology was explained to me? It was explained to me through the South Park episode where they talk about Scientology. And they literally animate what Scientologists believe in. And, uh, it's so funny to me, actually, when you think about it. And think about this for yourself for a minute. Okay? Why do we laugh at Scientology? for talking about Thetan levels and uh, DC-9s that look like spaceships with aliens uh, and all this kind of stuff. Why do we laugh at that religion and make fun of it? But yet we accept Christianity with this dude that walks on water and splits oceans in half and rises from the dead and stuff like that. Isn't it just as crazy? And the answer is yes. I was raised Catholic, but I will be the first to admit to you that because I was raised uh, to be a Christian from birth, I grew up with the stories of Jesus and God and all the miracles he pulled off. So because I was told the story from a young age, um, it took on a different meaning. But I was told about Scientology as an adult. And as an adult, when you want to talk about uh, spaceships that look like DC-9s, if you don't know what a DC-9 is, it was like a big passenger jet from the 60s and 70s, right? Uh, and aliens and that kind of stuff. And as an adult, you kind of laugh at that. But it, I, I don't think it would be any different that if nobody knew about Christianity and they were told about Christianity for the first time in 2020, they'd probably laugh just as hard. So that really is the difference. And... Uh, the more rabbit holes I go down, I don't laugh as much about Scientology. Scientology might be the right religion. At, the, at, 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 at this point, I don't know. Uh, something else that's been bugging me out is just how many different incantations there are of Christianity. 
Um, and that's a whole nother topic uh, that I don't really want to go down. Um, but there's just just look up or Google sometime just how many different actual churches there are that are out there. And they all think individually that they're the ones that have it right and that every other incantation of the religion uh, is going to hell. That it doesn't matter how nice of a person you are. Um, you know, that you could be Mother Teresa, but if you don't accept God into your life, you're going to burn in the pit of hell. Or uh, you could be Mother Teresa and be religious and be baptized, but because you weren't baptized by your own will, you're going to go to hell. So it's just like, you know, when you start to get down these different rabbit holes with different people. Oh, how funny. My podcast is going to catch the dog taking a shit in the back. Oh my god. Uh, make number two work for you, Argo. Squeeze that shit out. Yeah, buddy. Drop a deuce. That's a first for the first time ever on the Views from the John podcast, people. We have captured a live moment of a pit bull taking a dump on the back lawn. Uh, can't script that. See, this is so much better than doing it in the studio, and it's going to take so much less editing now, too. Uh, but yeah, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, if you guys have ever seen the movie The Matrix, I'm sure most of you have. There is a moment in the movie The Matrix where Keanu Reeves is sitting in front of Morpheus, and Morpheus offers Keanu Reeves the red pill or the blue pill. With the red pill, he'll be able to uh, understand and know the truth about everything. And if he takes the blue pill, he'll just wake up and think everything was a dream. And I was having the discussion the other day with a friend of mine about how if I was in that situation right now, I would take the red pill. And then a couple nights ago, I did take the red pill. And I went deep, deep, deep down a rabbit hole that I've deeper than I've ever gone before. And on a subject that I've never gone down the rabbit hole on before. And I got to tell you, I want to backpedal my answer. Uh, I was very prepared to take the red pill and go through that door. But uh, you got to be careful what you wish for. And you got to be uh, cognizant of that saying that the grass always seems greener on the other side because it does I was ready I've, I, I've always felt ready to take the red pill and to go through that uh, metaphorical door that just answers every question that mankind has ever had but then you got to seriously ask yourself before you step through that door are you really ready to have the curtain pulled back and uh, I've been going down these rabbit holes a long time and when I say I'm going deeper than I ever have before. I'm not kidding you. Me and some buddies are talking about some stuff that really goes on in this world that would make most people's head literally explode or make them vomit. Uh, this is how deep we're going. And um, so I love going down those rabbit holes. I'm open-minded. I believe in a lot of this stuff. And um, so anyways, but... The other night, I went down a very, very deep rabbit hole with somebody without thinking. 
And uh, that's what I'm trying to warn people against. If you're going to go down a rabbit hole and start to challenge everything that you've ever been told or know, you got to take a step back and think about whether you want to live in ignorant bliss, just like the guy does in The Matrix, you know? I forget the character's name, but he's in that restaurant with the uh, Smith and he's having a steak and he's like, I know this steak isn't real. I know it's a computer telling me that the steak is delicious and all that stuff, but I don't care. It's delicious. Ignorance is bliss. So you got to ask yourself, do you want to live in ignorant bliss or do you want to know the truth about where we are, who we came from, what's been left out of history books? And uh, for the most part, I want to know about all that stuff. But when I went down a religious super super deep rabbit hole the other day was somebody that was raised with different beliefs I have I started to doubt in my own head something that shook me to my core that I can't even talk about on this podcast so that's my warning I think it's good and I think more people need to take that red pill but uh, I just I, I needed to pump the brakes on myself because this is a rabbit hole, like I said, that I'd never been down before when it comes to religion. You know, my mother was a deeply religious person. She passed away six months ago. I haven't even begun to deal with the horrors of that yet. And when I tell you it's a horror, you have no idea. If you're close with your mother or your father or anyone on this planet, if you ever have to lose them, uh, I you have no idea what you're in for. And I, and I didn't mean to take this podcast that dark, but I'm just trying to be real with you. You have no idea uh, how difficult it is. So uh, I don't know. Or maybe you won't have a problem. If you don't love yourself and don't love anybody else or don't care about anyone else, then losing a loved one is not going to matter to you. But, uh, you know, I do love a lot of people. And uh, so anyways, but my whole point is that uh, just careful what you wish for. The grass always seems greener on the other side. And then sometimes when we get to that other side, we realize that it was all an illusion. So just careful what you wish for and uh, t take the advice that I keep giving you that I didn't take myself the other night. Think before you do and think before you act. This was a rabbit hole that I probably shouldn't have gone down. Um, because it's not the right time and it was a rabbit hole that hit a little bit too close to home for me. You wanna go down a rabbit hole talking about sex trafficking or adrenochrome or um, uh, Bohemian Hill. You wanna talk about the uh, deep state, the left, the right, elitist, fallen angel bloodlines, UFOs, interdimensional anonymous, Anana, an, uh, advanced technologies, uh, the Georgia Guidestones, secret societies. You want to go deep down the rabbit hole, buddy? I'm with you. But uh, the next time somebody asks me to go on a deep rabbit hole down uh, into uh, religion, or, you know, it's it just like I'm saying, just careful what you wish for. I was ready to burst through that door. And uh, I wasn't prepared to listen to what I was hearing. And I'm fine now because the person that was feeding me this information 
uh, it's not like he's Christ and it's not like he's uh, an elitist that actually has the book or whatever that, you know, tells you the truth about the world. He's just another dude that's been living in rabbit holes his entire life. But some of this shit he said, because I'm open-minded, made my wheels start thinking and then it made me start questioning shit about my own beliefs going, uh, I'm, I'm just telling you, careful what you wish for. Um, but that's about it. I've hoped you've enjoyed the different scening and cetery. Scening and cetery. That was supposed to be scenery and setting, but I said it too fast. I hoped you enjoyed the scenery and new setting. I certainly did. The weather out here is pretty gorgeous. I hope you're having a great summer, man. It's flying by. We're already into August, uh, I don't know, what to say, August 6th or something like that. It's crazy. It's crazy. Pretty soon it's going to be winter. Anyways, man, it's been fun talking to you guys. This has been episode number 44 of the Views from the John podcast. Hope you guys hang in there. And uh, yeah, we'll probably talk to you guys next week. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your stewardess speaking. We regret any inconvenience the sudden cabin movement might have caused. This is due to periodic air pockets we encountered. There's no reason to become alarmed, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? <laughs>